Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one homey page of Talmud every day. And in today's pages, Baba Kama 52 and 53, we hear a lot about the meaning of a house and a home. Have a listen. The Gemara cites a related ruling. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi says, if one sells a house to another, once he has conveyed the key to him, he has acquired it. Here too, the Gemara asks, what are the circumstances involving this sale? If it was a transaction by payment of money, then let him acquire it by paying money. If it was by taking possession of it, let him acquire it by taking possession. What is the significance of transferring the key? The Gemara answers, actually, the transaction occurred by taking possession, and in that case, the seller usually must say to him, go, take possession, and thereby acquire it for yourself. Now, I have a certain phobia of real estate, but this struck me as a very profound passage that combined with it, not just practical real estate advice, but also soulful advice. And so I picked up the phone and called my dear friend and teacher, Scott Harris, who is not only, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest real estate agent in America slash the world, but also the philosopher king, or if I will, the Rebbe of real estate, a person who finds unbelievable depth and beauty and spiritual meaning in the act of seeking and acquiring a home. Scott, welcome back to the show. Liel, I'm really honored to get to come back. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. So when you read something like this, you're someone who thinks a lot about real estate, uh, both for work and for your soul, and the meaning of, of home and house. When you read a passage like this, what comes to your mind? Well, first, I love that, and I agree with the idea that the key itself is really just a symbol. And it's not, it's not that the key is completely irrelevant, but it's really what's behind the key. And what I, what I think is at heart and correct is the notion of what it means to really own a home. You know, is it money? Because if you have a mortgage, then the money isn't enough to own the home. It's almost about taking spiritual title of the home. And it sort of gets into the the heart of even what what happens in you think about the 1980s in New York squatters took over lofts. There's a lot of laws on the books in America about squatters' rights, and I think it becomes a question of what does it mean? It's a profound question. What does it mean to own your home? What does it mean to be there? If you abandon your home, do you still own it? Um, if you leave, and, and then of course we can get much more metaphysical about what it means to leave home. But I would stop there before I get. I have a controversial idea, but I, I wanted to uh, see if there were any other questions you had. We will get to that controversial idea in a second because I think I think the uh, the conversation leads there. But because you said something really interesting, the spiritual possession of 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 a home. Uh, say a little bit more about this. At, at what point does a home become your a house rather become your spiritual home? When you, when you sit at a closing table, what is exchanged, you give some money, you get some checks, and then what's handed back are the keys. And I think the rabbis are saying, is that it? Is that, is that, the, is that the possession that really instantly transfers the ownership? And they're saying, no, absolutely not. You, there's, a, there's a moving in. There's a spiritual move in that has to take place for you to transform it into your home. And until you do that, until you truly take possession, 
it's not really your home. I mean, I think that there's, from what, I, with the last conversation we had was all about what does it mean finally for it to become your home and that the rabbis weren't uh, looking at home ownership as this thing that you you sell it after 10 years. It was almost like this, it was a homestead that was supposed to be in your family for generations. And so this moment of moving in is so it's even bigger, a bigger deal than any real estate company would ever have you believe it was to be on a commercial, right? So while we're on the on this kind of uh, realm of conversation, while we're talking about spiritual possessions, etc., it strikes me talking to you, and this is an idea that I, I got from uh, things you had written and things you had said to me in conversations, that um, the same principle of taking possession applies also for houses that are not houses of residence, but houses of worship. Is that true? Well, I wanted, I would just enter a slight controversial thought here. You know, if you think about, and, and by the way, this moment in time, so many people are wrestling with their spiritual home, meaning their synagogues, their shuls. What does it mean to feel at home in your house of worship? And the priorities that a house of worship that the community places on different modes of thinking, right? So it, it, it doesn't matter. Currently, the big topic that a lot of synagogues have not been willing to talk about has been Israel. And for some people, let's say that the idea, the notion of a particular synagogue might be a focus on issues around social justice. And suddenly, this place that you thought was your spiritual home the conversation becomes so different from where you stand that you feel spiritually homeless. If someone or something, in this case, a, a different, maybe a slightly more ardent or or um, politically uh, different mode of thinking moves in and takes your place, and you get you feel like this is no longer your home. So that it's it is on my mind, and I think in this case, where the rabbis are thinking about what it means to move in. They haven't really addressed what it feels like when you no longer when you when you kind of want to move out. Right, Does that make when, sense when you have the keys, but you no longer want them. You know, it makes a lot of sense, um, but it's kind of shocking because you know we are used to thinking of real estate as this kind of ultimate transactional field that really has nothing to teach us except for the intricacies of hey, learn how to read a contract very carefully, or really what to look for in your pre-closing survey or whatever. It shows you how little I know that I can't even muster the correct analogies. But here you are saying it actually could teach us a tremendous deal of of what we should look for and how we should feel in a house of worship, a, a real estate agent's wisdom could help you find not just a home you need, but but almost the, the, the God's home you need, the, the synagogue you need. Well, I would just finish by saying that uh, as much as when you buy a home, you can order title insurance, meaning to protect your ownership once you've taken possession, it would be great if, if, if there were a way in a house of worship to have spiritual title insurance, where that place that you love so much, somehow there was some recourse when things drift in a direction that no longer makes it feel like your home. But I don't know if that's possible, Leo. Oh, I love that. What a great business that is. You could pay your shul dues, but we will insure you. <laughs> Scott Harris, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. You're welcome.
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnik, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. 